Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants Hangout. Our weekly roundtable discussion as we recap the latest game, also look ahead. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzburg, Howard Cross with you. A heartbreaking loss for the Giants in week eight as they fall to the Jets in overtime, 13 to 10. Plenty of takeaways from this game. So we're going to hit on three major themes. The defensive performance on the final two drives. We're going to get into the offensive philosophy overall in the wake of Tyrod Taylor's injury, and then some missed opportunities on special teams that perhaps could have at least cushioned the lead. So I want to start, Howard, on the defensive side of the ball because overall, if you look at this game, a solid defensive performance. I mean, they kept that Jets offense in check. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. But you know in football from being a former player, you can play great for 59 minutes and 30 seconds, and who knows what's going to happen in the final 30 seconds. And that's what I really want to focus on because – the Jets offense, they had one third down conversion going into those final two drives. They had not been able to move the chains, and they get their two longest pass plays for Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard Howard on the last possession in regulation to mm -hmm. ultimately force overtime. And the Kayvon Thibodeau penalty was huge because it stopped the clock after the reception. So what I'm talking about is the little things, the nuances of the game, unfortunately added up and it went against the Giants defense with the game on the line. Actually, if you want to go nuances, one of the nuances in the game that probably would have ended the game and regulation that no one's talking about is the referee spotting the ball. The referee went up after the kid got up, they, they kind of separated. He didn't check the line. He didn't do anything. He put the ball down and ran out of the way. He tapped it, though, Howard. He tapped the ball. No. That's allowed. He put the ball down, and he ran out of the way. That's that's never you, – you don't see that in any games. If he, if he spots the ball, if he looks and then actually spots the ball, then that's it. You, the player usually has to hand the ball to the ref. He just – and moved. That gave them a chance to, to win the game. That's one. The other thing that gave them a chance to win the game, after the tackle, they just popped up out of the – like they were trying to spot the ball themselves, the defense – Take your time getting up. That stops the game, too. The things you're talking about, after the, the, the Giants go down and don't kick or miss the field goal, which almost got blocked, it is like they had to make a play eventually. You just run around, somebody will get open. Just run this. Don't don't even try to run a play. Just start start scrambling one side or the other. If run as far as you can. Don't take a sack, but somebody's going to get open. They just ran scramble rules for the rest of the game. It became backyard football after that. That's hard to like cover or get to. If you don't get to him instantly and he just runs around in circles and buys time, somebody's going to get open. You can't cover for more than three or four seconds. That's not that's, a breakdown. Yeah. That's, just, that's just a game. Well, and Zach Wilson's legs did make a difference, to your point, on that drive. And, Russ, I would just add to the fact that all relevant points that Howard was talking about, but, you know, regardless of how challenging the quarterback presents, I'm looking at the whole piece of the pie here where the Giants' defense had been on point for the entire game. And Wink Martindale's scheme was really flustering them. And all of a sudden, in the final 30 seconds, Zach Wilson makes his two best throws of the game, which were nowhere to be found earlier in the contest. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. You have to let's remember one thing. You know, you could talk about this game being a defensive game. It, it was certainly one of the ugliest games I've ever seen or been to. But that said, remember the 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 the, um, the Giants' defense. I mean, it was just left up to them. I mean, they knew their offense was not going to do anything. It, you know, they knew it. 
You know, it was Saquon was going to run the ball. The defense had to keep them, keep the Jets stymied. And they did. Now, the last two plays. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was a head scratcher. I, I mean, I, I we've seen crazy plays before, but back to back 29 yard uh, completions, you know, from Zach Wilson. I mean, he threw for 240 yards in the game. 50 of those, 50 of those came on a flip pass to Brees Hall, and then you had what another 58 right there. So the, the Giants' defense did it to the end. And I guess part of the discussion, you know, I know a lot of the driving home, I'm hearing the debating in the car on the radio. I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm reading about it. Should they have gone on fourth and one? Should they have gone for the first down or should they have gone for the field goal? Well, to me, I could say it's a coin flip. I could go either way. But the reason you went for the field goal is for the very reason what ended up happening in regulation. If he makes the field goal, it's a moot point. Two back-to-back bombs is not going to do it. It would have just put them in field goal position. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to me, that point is, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. The defense was having a spectacular game, and it, call it lapsed, whatever. They got beat on those two plays, and, you know, everybody's miserable this morning. Well, if it, if, if it were me and I were calling the game, I would have never tried to kick the field goal. And I would have just said, like, I'm going to run the ball into the middle or or try to run it around the edge to, to eat up some time on the clock, uh, knowing that we're not going to knowing that we're not going to score. Right. And, and take a few more seconds off the clock and then say, tell the defense, we're going to run the ball here and you're going to go in and stop them. And that's how I would have left it. Uh, kicking it for the field for the field goal. And because, you know, we got the, one of the best kickers in the league, even though he's been struggling the problem with kicking the field goal is that my I look back to the Dallas game and them jumping over jumping over the protection and blocking it for a return, and I was like, man, that that is just I don't understand what's going on. And with all new linemen, uh, guys coming in from practice squads and off other teams, and you're trying to get them in there for a big moment like that, I just not that I don't. I mean, they're doing the best they can. I wouldn't have trusted them <laughs> in that situation. Because it just it didn't make sense to me to try to trust them on something so big. Well, you, you know what, Howard, you make a great point there. The, the, just the flip side of that, and I was going over my notes. I was sitting up in the press box yesterday, and you know I'm logging the game as it's mm-hmm. going on, and I just and I stopped after a while. But there were five, uh, and listen, Saquon was marvelous yesterday. But there were five carries by Saquon. One was for no gain and four were for negative yards. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that was going to happen, but that also can go into thinking what yeah, happened. But, you know? but, but the theory, Russ, is, is not positive play time. Okay. Yeah, th- th- I'll but, buy but, that. Yeah, the clock's going to stop anyway, right? But it's not going to – you kick the ball, it's over. Like, over. If you run – if you just kind of make a pitch for him to run to the sideline, like he's going to run out of bounds and he slides down, that could take three seconds off the clock three or four seconds off the clock makes a big difference. And the kick moves the ball further down the field. If you don't get it, it's whatever, six, seven yards, the kick. So I will just, my philosophy would have been, all right, I'd have just turned to my defense and told them, okay, look, you've been stopping them all day. Let's go get them. You're going to win the game for us. And that's what I would have, would have leaned on. And if, if, it, if it didn't work, it didn't work, but that's what I would have leaned on. Well, but then at the, at the same point, okay, so they missed the field goal. 
the logic is still the same. Okay, defense, you got to stop them. Instead, it was two 29-yard completions. I think that everybody thought the game was going to be over because they thought Gano was going to win. And then they go out there. They got to, like, change their mind really quickly and get ready to go. And that I agree with. I, I, I think when they came out, their head was spinning like, what did just happen? Did this really exactly. just happen? That I that I believe. They're like, <laughs> what? You know, if you could, if they could have taken off the helmets, they all all would have been scratching their heads, as we were in the press box. You know, you're right about that. Yeah, because you're like you're sitting there. <sighs> yeah. Okay, guys, let's go. Like, don't don't put hope. Like, this is your game. You're going to win this game. You've done everything. You're going to have to do it one more time. I'd have been talking to them the entire time. They thought they were going to make it. Everyone on the sideline probably thought they were going to make it. And when they didn't make it, they have to readjust really quickly and try to get themselves ready to go. It's a hard thing to do, but you, you got to be able to do it. Well, and that's why after the game, Kayvon Thibodeau, the term he utilized was you got to be able to finish. And I know it sounds cliche, but, I mean, that's essentially what didn't happen. They played well, once again, for 59 minutes and 30 seconds, that defense. But unfortunately – the final 30 seconds, and I'm estimating here, you open the door to allow the Jets to get in. Because to Russ's point, even 24 if you seconds. Down, well, mm -hmm. once again, you want to be technical. That's fine. And every little second adds up. That's fine. Yeah. I was just once again bottling it up into an estimation. But to bring Russ's point back into the equation, Brian Dable's philosophy was even if Graham Gano misses the field goal, I'm going to hang my hat on the defense making a stop because they've been so reliable up to that point. And it's no. hard to question that because of how good they played. But I think to your point, Howard, is if you take a few extra seconds off the clock via a run play, or now all of a sudden the Jets don't take over from the spot of where the miss was, maybe they don't get to the line of scrimmage to be able to spike the ball and they can't take a shot into the end zone. Because no. you know what people don't want to talk about is, remember, if the Jets snap the ball there and they spike it, they still have an opportunity to maybe throw into the end zone if they need a touchdown to win the game. The game is not over in this hypothetical world, but the clock aspect maybe prevents them from even taking a shot into the end zone. So, I like, think like that's said, where you're if coming I, from. If, if, I, if you run, like I said, if, if, it, if it were me, I would have hyped the defense up on the sideline. Like, we're going to run this ball. We know, we know we're not going to get in. We're going to try to get some time off the clock. You're going to have less than 24 seconds to stop them. Go out there and stop them. I would have been livid on the sidelines in that in that aspect to kick the kick it and give them give them any extra yards going forward to, to give like you're watching the kick you're like all right you're gonna still have to, we're gonna have to try to get them there if, if they if they if, if we miss the kick you can't say they're on the sideline because your kicker's standing there <laughs> you, like, well you want to you can't, you can't put that into the universe that. you can't put that into the universe of the kicker like hey yeah if Gano misses this, we're going to go back out there and take Because like, Gano is standing there waiting to go in. You know what this game actually reminded me of? I don't know if you guys noticed. Earlier this season in college, Miami played Georgia Tech. And Mario Cristobal and his staff did not take a knee, if you yeah. remember. And the Miami mm -hmm. running back, okay, right, fumbles the ball. Georgia Tech takes over. And there's about the same amount of time, actually, that was left in regulation for the exactly Giants and the Jets. And Georgia Tech goes 74 yards. Scores the guy touchdown. gets behind the defense, scores the touchdown, and the rest is history. Now, at the time, I made the argument, and I know Howard's going to be against this, so I'm just prefacing my comments, that as bad as those dynamics were in play in terms of the offensive philosophy, that your defense 
has to just prevent the opposition from going 74 yards in two plays to score a go-ahead touchdown. So while I understand special teams had an opportunity to maybe at least close the door for the majority <laughs> of the way, mm-hmm. I still put some of the onus, Russ, on the defense as good as that unit played throughout the course of the game. Well, I don't. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, if you you heard you you yourself said it. Uh, what Kayvon said, you got to be able to finish. Listen, they played great for 59 minutes and 30 seconds, whatever the heck, 36 seconds, whatever the heck it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were two 29-yard completions. No one's going to dispute that. Certainly not the defense. But mm-hmm. you know, I, listen, guys. I think we'd also be remiss if we don't bring up. We we had a a, a third string quarterback in there. Now, you, myself, uh, you guys saw Tommy DeVito play in preseason. He was able to throw the ball in preseason. You know, I guess I'll defer to you on this one, Howard, because you you played the game. Uh, You're you're a third-string quarterback. You're a backup. You're a practice quarterback for a reason. But was it just not a case? Is preseason just different? Because they didn't want him throwing the ball at all. I mean, at all. They like like. Dave said at halftime, he told the guys we're going through number 26. Now, was it the weather? Was it a combination of everything or just everybody being spooked? Everybody. They gave, they, they gave him a couple shots to throw the ball early. They gave him what you would call warm up throws, like little flat throws. One he threw over the guy's head out of bounds, one he threw in the dirt. And at that moment, the coach had to like make a decision are we going to trust him and throw it forward? You know, even at the end of the game, when they tried to throw the screen, he threw the ball in, threw the ball into the defensive player's hands, and the guy just dropped it. Right. So I don't know if you if you know if you can just take that as evidence. His coach had his pulse, had his finger on the pulse of what was going on. He had his finger on the pulse of what's going on. Like you, you know, you got Tyrod who's who's scrambling and and you know he's risk adverse. He, he's not going to throw he's not going to throw the interception. He, that's why he got hit on the sideline. And you got another kid coming in. Are you going to ask him to like play the same role as Tyrod, or are you going to say, just chunk it down the field, try it? You, you know, Howie, you were standing on a sideline. You, you, you mentioned Tyrod, and you know, like let's hope to God he's okay. But uh, talking about Tyrod, it it looked to me, and a couple of us were talking about it. It looked to me that early on in the game, he he was a little jittery. When when I say jittery, you, you know, he was looking to run out out of the pocket right away, as opposed to maybe taking an extra second to find the receiver. And I, you know, I don't know what it's looking like down on the field, but from where I was watching up in the press box, it looked to me, as I say, just, he had quick feet. In all, in all fairness to Tyrod, he, he, he pulled the ball down quick. Uh, he had, he had some time on some plays. I know he got, he got sacked a couple of times, but he had a lot of time on some plays to actually go through progression and look and he just he was watching the rush more than he was watching downfield. And if he saw any color coming free, uh, he was like, I got to I got to make sure that it was more. It looked like he was going out. I need to make sure I can escape more so than I need to see who's open. And the escape thing started to bother him a little bit earlier. I think uh, the Waller going out of the game early got into his head also. because You know, that's the safety net to throw the ball underneath a lot. And we only had one of the tight end active and Bellinger. Uh, and he was tr- trying to chip to get off. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't know, understand the philosophy of what, how, why, how he plays quarterback. Uh, but I know that he, there were opportunities for him to like step back. Let's take a look. He might hit the check down. He might have been able to hit 
you know, somebody coming underneath, but he was out after he hit his third step. He, I don't even know if he took a look down the field sometimes. So, you know, I don't know, again, is it just him saying, I'm going to use my legs, keep it, keep it safe. I'm not going to risk it in the rain because he did try to roll out one time and throw the ball and the ball slipped out of his hands. So I don't know. Well, that was it, the play he got you know, hurt on. That was a play he got hurt yeah. on. Yeah. 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 So, that was the play he got hurt on. Yeah. So no. I, again, I don't, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't pretend to know how hard it is to throw the ball in the rain because it's, it's, it's definitely harder to throw it and hold on to. So he, he was making decisions what he thought he, he should be doing. Well, and I think that goes back to the question that Russ posed with respect to the philosophy once DeVito comes in. I think there were a lot of influences. I think number one was what happened with the weather when Tyrod was in, as Howard was just talking about. And now you have a far mm -hmm. more inexperienced quarterback in not ideal conditions. And I think as Brian Dable admitted after the game, you know, they were not hiding the fact that this was a very, very conservative game plan. And it seemed as if we're going to win this game by committing less mistakes than the Jets. And as long as we don't put the ball in harm's way and keep moving the chains and milk the clock and rely on our defense, we'll be able to do that. And once again, for 59 minutes and 30 seconds, it seemed to be effective. And if the Giants hold on to win, perhaps the conversation is very different about the coaching staff approach. It changes because, of course, what happened in those final 30 seconds. Now, do you want to see your quarterback try to keep the Jets' defense off guard a little bit? I think anybody would say yes because, I mean, let's face it, guys. The Jets' defense knew what was coming on every single play, and the Giants, they still, to their credit, ran the ball effectively with Saquon, but could you maybe catch them off guard here or there on a short pass and maybe set up a more manageable third so, down? So when, he, so, so when I know you keep saying that, but you're 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 – excluding the evidence that they gave you. They tried to throw the ball what would, would have been the game a couple times to the side. He threw it over the guy's head and then he threw one in the in the mud. So coach is looking at coach is looking at it and going like oh absolutely. Yeah. So like so in your view, try and throw it. Right. So they tried. They gave him they try to, you know, these are what they call warm-up throws. These are confidence builders. Let me, let me give you a little confidence builder to get you kind of in the floor of the game. I know it's a big game. We're not going to ask you to throw it down the field. We're just going to ask you to dump it over here and dump it. He threw one to Saquon that was behind him. It looked like it was going to be a halfback pass. He pulled – Saquon had to go behind behind him to catch the ball to catch it because if he didn't catch it, it would have been a, basically a fumble. And now that's – when you're seeing that, that doesn't give you any kind of indication you want to throw the ball forward down the field. But, well, you know, that that also brings us, you know, to the question, you know, and a lot of people are wondering if you're not going to have faith in the guy throwing the ball. Then why is he in the position he's in in the first place? You know, whether he's a practice squad player or not. No offense on that one, but most third string quarterbacks never see the field ever. And, and you have him in as a developmental player. You think you're going to develop him into potentially he could be a useful backup someday. Probably he's a local kid. Also, they didn't they didn't in, it never intended when Danny got hurt. They probably been on the phones, calling people, trying to figure out, OK, can we get somebody in here in the meantime to help back up Tyrod? And they're like, we can go we can go with DeVito right now because I don't think Tyrod's going to get hurt. And the offensive line did start playing better. Right. Better. They played better against worse defenses or defenses that weren't playing as well. So that kind of gave them a little confidence. I'm sure they were on the phone, though, looking for somebody to come in. All of a sudden, one more week, if we can get through this week, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see where Danny is. We'll see where, where Tyrod is. We'll see, you know, you know, he can he can he's, he's a placeholder. All of a sudden he has to play.
Well, you, you know what? For both guys, for, for both of you guys, uh, in light of the situation that they're in right now, um, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I would bet. Uh, and listen, unless he gets medical clearance, he's not going to play. But I would bet as we speak, Daniel Jones is campaigning right now to play in the upcoming game. Uh, against the Raiders. Now, again, if he doesn't he's get... Been, he's, he's been campaigning the whole time. Right. You're right. No, no but but now there's a greater sense of urgency because, no. you know, Tyrod's not going to be in there. There's no well, greater sense of urgency. It's still his neck. Yeah, right. I mean, they still and need I'm, to look I'm, out for I'm, the well-being of Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah. 100%. Of, if, like, as I say, if he doesn't get medical clearance, you know, but uh, it's... Listen, look, had they won the game, you, me, all, all of us and and everybody out there will be saying tough, gritty, gutty performance by the Giants with the backup quarterback. They took care of business, but they didn't take care of business. And that's why the discussion like is what it is. They did all they could do. I thought that I said they're, they're when they got it down to like the last few seconds. I'm like, if they don't try to run this ball in and run some more time off the clock, the Jets will get the ball and anything could happen. That's what I said on the sideline. Somebody's like. Oh, they're going to hold them. I'm like, no. You want to run the ball, run as much time off as possible to make every throw they have to throw have to be even bigger and more important. And I'll be like, take your time getting up. I don't went through the entire process. The way that they got up off the guys in between the plays, you make a big catch, great. Make sure he's got to scramble to get away from you after you tackle him. Wrestle with him for the ball on the ground. Eat up a couple more seconds. There are all these little things you do to try to eat up time. And they're going to look back at that and go like, you know, one second is what, what basically lost in one second of the game because we got to overtime. But if they had just kept doing one or two more things because they're in overtime, I'm like, if they go to overtime, the Giants have no chance. Somebody goes, how can you say that? I'm like, is this poor kid, like, he's not going to be throwing the ball down the field. They're, they're going to bring every guy up to, to hit Saquon as many times as possible. They're already they're already picking out Robinson. They're like, 17's over here. Watch 17 when he comes in motion. Just watch him. They were they were screaming out the two guys that, were, that had the most success because nobody else could, you know, they couldn't get the ball down the field. You're well, handicapped. I was going to say momentum completely shifted in favor of the Jets at that point. And also, you got to look at it from the standpoint of Howard, as we're talking about the offense, well, how did the Giants manufacture up to that point? Okay, at the end of regulation, there are 10 points. The field goal came on a Zach Wilson strip sack where they had the ball essentially right in the red zone, okay, and they weren't able to punch it in. And then the lone touchdown came on the first drive of the second half, but it was aided by two Jets' unnecessary roughness penalties that yeah. if the Jets avoid those penalties in this hypothetical world that we're talking about, maybe the Giants have to settle for a field goal attempt as opposed mm -hmm. to Tommy DeVito having an opportunity to run it in. So I'm with you based on what it took for the Giants to put points on the board in this game for you to all of a sudden expect you go to overtime and now they're going to march down the field, eight plays, 90 some odd yards, and Tommy DeVito is going to throw the ball five to six times is living in fairy tale land. So yeah. I would agree with you. It completely changed the dynamics of the game. As bad and as rough as the Jets offense had been, you knew at least they had both facets to run in the past to work with, whereas the Giants were only going to work with one dimension of their offense. Well, the evidence was early in the game, the 50-yard the, the uh, little short dump-off pass that a few missed tackles and it's a touchdown. So the evidence is there like, oh, no, 
we can't have any mistakes, right? So you, you, sure. you're set, you're seven three, and now we got we got to really, really lock in. We got to try to do everything we can to get to these guys. Make sure they don't get no one can catch the ball. We got to rally to the ball. But the evidence is already there that anything could happen because that shouldn't have been a touchdown, but it was a touchdown. They one missed tackle. All of a sudden, right. the guy's gone for the guy's gone for a touchdown. So at the end of the game, if, if they like I said, run as much time off the clock as you possibly can. Give them no time, like. That 24 seconds could have been 20 seconds. That 24 seconds could have been 19 seconds if they would have, you know, it could have been a touchdown. Because, you know, in theory, Saquon went down. He, he didn't he didn't run as far as he could run. Right. I You know, we haven't talked. You're right about that. And, 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 I, and I was kind of wondering about that myself. Yeah. And I'm like, he could, he could have went to the outside. They had student body left going and everybody was blocked. And I literally everybody was blocked and he cut it back up inside. Okay. He cuts it back up inside. No one touches him. He's like running. He gets six yards. And he just like gets down. Like run it all the way to the end zone. Or score if you if he would have just ran it, you know, four more yards and got a first down. Game's over. It just the way that it just the way the dynamics of what I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know you know what's being said. Like a lot of times you'll see guys run close to the end zone, then they'll slide trying to run, you know run the clock right. out. Uh, but. In my mind, I would have ran it as far as I could have. You had carried the ball the whole game, and I, I don't know if he's hurting, if he's sore, but he got down. He he literally saw guys. He got down quick to protect himself. He And he said after the game, he goes, I could have pushed for a few more yards. He pushes it down. to yep. Instead of it being second and four, it would have been second and one. It would have been second and, and nothing. It could have been first down. He he went down. That's that's a choice that he makes in that point. I, I I thought you know what when you read and hear everything this morning I thought that's a point that really nobody is making a, any argument over and I agree that to me was a head scratcher yeah, like just, I, I don't know why he did there, right yeah, I think I'm, you know obviously Saquon thought he was doing the right thing but yeah. listen the guy. 36 carries, 128 yards, and those 128 yards, everybody knew he was getting the ball. What he did yesterday was magnificent. But on stopping short, it was like, what? Why? You know, everybody, like we're yeah, on the right. side. I was on the side. I'm looking right down. The I'm looking right down. There. He's like, there's an open lane. He's running. No one's touching him. He sees guys coming. Now, my theory was, somebody said, why do you think he did that? I said, well, last week when he got, you know, in the crowd, he fumbled. Maybe he didn't want that to happen, so he's trying to get down so a bunch of guys wouldn't grab him and go for the ball. That's that's the yeah. only thing I could think of because if he would have kept running, he would have probably, you know, the first guy would have tried to grab him, the second guy would have been on him, and then he would have got the first down, but would he have gone down when he, or would they have gotten the ball out? So maybe he was going down to protect the ball or whatever, but he could have, he literally could have ran for a first down or, or, or longer. Well, you're talking about when Deron Payne ripped the ball out of his hands the previous week against Washington. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure, I mean, Saquon didn't address this aspect, but I'm sure also part of it he's thinking is they've got no timeouts. I go down, we'll still have the clock moving and so forth. That may have gone through his head. But what we're basically focusing on, and this is where I started our conversation, as good as Saquon played with respect to putting everything on his shoulders, as Russ mentioned, as good mm -hmm. as the defense played, we're still talking about timing is everything in football. And when the game is on the line, whether it's an inch or an additional yard here, it's a stop on the opposite side it's, of the ball. Those things, usually, they add up, Howard, in the long run. That's what I we're know, getting but, I know, but I know, long run, but again, decisions are made. Like, guys are making personal decisions. 
I, I don't know. Like I said if he if that's a personal decision that ends the game. It just is. I, I don't know why what went through his mind. He he addressed it after the game. He goes, I should have, I could have gone a few more yards before he I gone down. Yep. Like, he he's addressing it and saying that. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, so he knows that he could have gone further, but, but I have no idea why he didn't go. I want to bring back the go ahead, Russ, if you want. No, no, no. I was yeah. going to say, guys, I'm sitting there yesterday and I'm saying to myself, this is a Murphy's Law season for the <laughs> New York football giants. What can go wrong will go wrong. I, I mean, yeah. you, you know, we'll, uh, trying to make some light of it. But listen, your quarterback goes down. Your backup quarterback goes down. Walla, who's been brought in. I mean, I don't listen. I hope I'm wrong. If we see Walla before December, I'll be surprised. This is an injury that he's had in the past. Sure. Yeah. He missed time even last season with respect yeah. to so, the Yeah. So, I mean, so, really, sure. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm saying what yeah. can go wrong will go wrong. Uh, an offensive line that's held together by crazy glue. I mean, it is what it is. What has, well, what can go wrong has gone wrong for the Giants mm-hmm. this season. Well, if you want to put this game in perspective, guys, the best way to explain it is the Giants played more quarterbacks. The Jets played more centers because they were down to their third string center in the first half than the two teams combined for third down conversions. They were 0 for 18 in the first half combined. So we had more centers for the Jets and more Giants quarterbacks out there than actually moving the chains on third down in the first 30 minutes of play. The, the the Giants, excuse me, the Jets were two for 15 for the game on third down conversions. The Giants were two for 19. I mean, really? Well, when I say goes, ugly, I'm talking ugly, bad ugly. 100%. And that goes back to, I want to just add to, you brought up the topic of Tommy DeVito and why a quarterback is utilized if maybe there's not full confidence. I would argue, Howard, that even if you brought in an established veteran, when Daniel went down and they have brought in some guys to try out here or there. I don't think there's enough time for that quarterback, regardless of how long he's been exposed to this system or been in the league to still fully digest and run everything at your disposal on offense. I mean, even if you bring a quarterback in this week, because let's go down the hypothetical road, Tyrod, unfortunately dealing with the rib injury. If Daniel's not ready to come back, they're going to have to bring somebody in to support Tommy DeVito or whatever it may be, to expect that quarterback in the blink of an eye to pick up this offense in the span of six to seven days, I just think is unrealistic because I've seen veteran quarterbacks get traded at the deadline and it takes them sometimes a full month or more and they're veterans to really feel comfortable and immersed into the system. So I don't think enough of that is being discussed. It's not an excuse. This is just what we see trend-wise in the NFL, mm-hmm. that even if you went down the road to bring in a more established veteran, still no guarantee your whole playbook is at your disposal with that new guy under center. Yeah, but you don't need your whole playbook. Let's see, the the, the, the theory is that you bring a guy in, a guy that's a veteran that, that, that you can have confidence in, you give him four or five plays that he can actually work with. Right. And on the sideline, you're coaching him up again as he comes to the sideline. Guys, football is, is a great game and it looks so dynamic. And you think that everybody's doing something so different and everything. You're basically running the same plays over and over from different formations or emotions and stuff. If you can teach a guy, this is our terminology. This is what we're trying to do. And he has an armband on. He's looking at the plays and he's looking at the plays. He's going to know. Like, okay, which ones can you remember? Which ones, you know, what, what happens here? What happens here? And then it's just a matter of, 
if the defense on the other side can get to that guy enough to, to make him get off his rhythm. If if they do have a game like they had this week where they were just moving it just enough, um, the, the running backs run the ball pretty well, the quarterback is just not making mistakes, he'll have completions. They're, it's not, they're not going to play every game in a monsoon. So we know that. So that's one thing you can look forward to. Uh, the Raiders game is in Vegas anyway. There's, there's, the, the weather's going to be perfect. The, 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 everything will be perfect. So the Raiders are a decent team, but they don't have the, they're not, they're not world beaters on defense, right? So you bring a guy in, you've got, you have Saquon, which the entire defense has to respect Saquon. You start looking at your receivers. Okay. Like this kid here can run fast. This kid can run fast. You have to throw it deep a couple times. Let's see what they got. And you can actually bring a guy in and he can, he can be manageable for one week. Well, if you're bringing a guy in, uh, Howard, I mean, and I'm and I'm not advocating to go against the veto. I'm just saying you could bring a guy in for the first week and he could he could make some he could make a difference. But but that that that's my question. To me, if um let's assume Daniel's not playing this week, okay. Let's assume he doesn't get clearance mm-hmm. and he's not mm-hmm. playing and they bring somebody in. To me, whether they bring somebody, well, not whether they will bring somebody in, to me, uh DeVito will still start the game. You know, I would no, think not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, think 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 back to the Rams and Baker Mayfield. He brought him in uh like on Wednesday and he started the game for the Rams that week and won. Right? So it it's when I'm telling you, if you bring if there's if there's a veteran out there that, that they can that they know that's out there available, the problem is he's probably on somebody's roster and they're gonna have to trade or do something to get him. Well, there could be a few free agents out there. There are right now some veterans, even some guys that were exposed to Brian Dable. I don't know if necessarily they have to go the route of trading, but you know, keep in mind with the Baker name, situation. Name two. You you know a lot of guys. Name two. Well, Matt Barkley's out there. Matt Barkley. Okay. And Matt Barkley was exposed to this offense. So I okay. mean, there I think is a, a reasonable name who you don't have to go out and give up resources. But what I wanted to add was that Baker Mayfield situation, keep in mind the Rams were decimated by injuries. There really wasn't much flexibility and choice at that point for Sean McVay. And that game that you were hitting on was a Thursday night game against the Raiders, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about the Giants playing the Raiders. I would just argue the dynamics were a little bit different because I think what Russ is bringing up and what I'm indicating is you could prepare a veteran, Howard. I'm not disagreeing with you, but (laughs) I think it's fair to say Tommy DeVito knows more about this offense than anybody else you're going to bring off the street. Yeah, Regardless of your level of confidence, Howard and Tommy DeVito, because he's been here the entire offseason. He's been he, exposed to what they've he, been running more so than any other guy on the street. I appreciate it. If, if the guy is a developmental player, you want him to be a developmental player. You hope that he can play. And I'm not against Tommy DeVito at all. If there's a veteran out there that they have a little more confidence in and it knows anything about the offense, they think like, OK, we, we need a Band-Aid. The guy will come in off the street. They'll teach him some basic plays and he'll be ready to play. DeVito might go out and be be a world leader in play and could play and, and do very well. Or DeVito could be out there and, like, you know, be like he was in the game, and they can't even get him started on confidence throws. So you, your guys are asking him to be somebody that he isn't right now. And I know the circumstances were big for him because he's in his home home state, in right. his home stadium, playing against his two hometown teams, you know, playing with his two hometown teams. Everybody's there. All of his buddies are in the stands. It's a big, big deal for him, but it's a monsoon and everything's going crazy. We'll be away in Vegas. Everybody will be ready to go. If you bring a guy in, and this is how I'm looking at it, if you bring a guy in, somebody that you have confidence in, like you're in the heat, if they, they'll be looking at 
today's Monday. They're looking at people now. Somebody's in the somebody's in the building probably as we speak, and they're talking to them. Yep. You know, they're like they hope Tyrod gets better. I hope Tyrod gets better uh, really quickly. I hope Danny gets better real quickly. But they have somebody in the building right now. Now, the question is, who's going to want to come here and play behind that line? Not many people. Well, but if you're out on the street, okay. Do I come that's in for only weeks? opportunity? Yeah, <laughs> it if I come in, like, I'm gonna come yeah. in and get beat up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I come in and get beat up for a couple of weeks for a paycheck. Yeah, so, so that's that's what you're looking at. Pay, paychecks will do that. Paychecks, <laughs> as you know, how it will do that for people. Man, the almighty green. It does change <laughs> things. What I also didn't think helped the Giants cause, and I'm sure this influenced Brian Dable's philosophy, which I think you were alluding to, Howard, is think about it. Tyrod Taylor's getting first team reps this week at practice. Daniel Jones, remember, Brian Dable admitted that he's been running the scout team, and normally the backup does that. That could have been a potential role for Tommy DeVito. So DeVito, we're no. talking about mental reps for the most part. No, no that, this is not an excuse. The, it's just the way, how the much way, work. How much no, no, work did he get practice, with personnel this week? Is my I got point. you. The way practices yeah. run, the the first team guy runs the first team reps. Then the second team guy goes in and gets some you know shadow reps of those. He'll run a few plays. He doesn't run as many plays as a starter, but he runs plays. But minuscule. We're talking a minute amount. Yeah, but he's running plays. He's he's doing all the all all the open throwing drills and stuff. He's doing all that. The scout team stuff where Danny was doing, you know, the scout team stuff isn't throws and stuff that you would think that they are. The scout team stuff is we hold up a sheet. Here's the play. This is where everybody's standing. They circle the guy you're going to throw the ball to. That's scout team. Like you drop back, fifth step, they're not going to throw it to that guy. Turn around, throw it to this guy. Turn around, throw it to this guy. That's what scout team is. Those, are, those aren't reps. Those are just you throwing the ball. Well, you're preparing the defense. That's what you're doing. As the yeah, but, 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 yeah, but when you're saying he would have had more reps, Throwing the ball, mental reps. You know, if he's playing scout team, that is those are those aren't mental reps. Well, I'm saying he would have been in the flow of practice a little bit more. That's my point. The the compared the to flow, the flow of practice is, and just so you'll understand this, the flow of practice is the starter is is playing and doing this. You're standing behind the starter, sure. right behind him watching the play and who he throws it to. He comes back, and when he comes back and the coach is talking to him, he's talking to both of you. This is who you're supposed to go to. Did you not see the guy coming off the right side? The guy comes off the right side, and you're both acknowledging that. And then as, as the quarterback, we, they call the play, and he walks up. The coach is telling him who, who to look for and what's going to happen. That's what that's the role of the you know the backup quarterback. He's getting – okay, now you're going to go in and you're going to run the first three plays of, of that series we just ran – then you're going to have the same thing. Let's see how you react to it. They're giving you the same plays. They're, they're teaching you don't get to run. If, if the starter's running 10 plays and you're running three plays or four plays, you're running probably the same four plays so you can see it. And if, Or you're running four plays that were messed up that you don't get a chance to redo. And then you get to run the play doing it correctly and the starter's watching you do it. That's how, that's how they run offensive plays for, for quarterbacks. If you go in and, and the guy gets – if there were 20 plays running in practice, that guy gets maybe seven or eight. But he he's in to get the plays because they don't do what they used to do when I played. When they used to, when I played, if, if, the, if the, it wasn't done right, I right, start to drill over. They're under time restraint now, and they can't. So they have to have it organized where 
the starter's going to get as many reps as we can get him in. They have they have a, a a thing counting how many steps he's doing and everything, and they get the they get the backup in to run the plays. So they're trying to make sure they get through the entire game plan, and they both get a get a look at the game plan. They know exactly what they're expecting them to do. So it's not like he's not getting mental reps. It's not like he's not getting throws. He's basically running the plays behind the court. He'll he'll some quarterbacks even drop back and do the same thing, and they turn with the quarterback and mirror his image, doing the same thing, so he knows what to do. And the coach comes right back to the middle. Hey, we're gonna run this play now. And if he's if 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 he's on the sideline and are do, doing the calls through the helmet, you know he'll have the helmet on to listen to the call so he can do it. That's the only way you can get reps. You can't run simultaneous practices. It's not college. You don't have a hundred players. You don't have all day to practice. They have a very minute time, and I do very minimal time, I should say, that they can practice. And when they're practicing. They have to be able to, to, to utilize and, uh, you know, take advantage of every second of practice. And that's the only way to do it. So putting him in the run scout team, he would not learn or not get anything. So the guy that comes in, if it's, if, if it's DeVito or if it's another guy they bring in off the street, the guy off the street will be able to play by the end of the week. Real quick. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I just want to get to special teams. I know we hit on it a little bit earlier. Well, no, just the fact that Bram Gano has been put under the microscope, given the fact that he missed two field goals for the first time, guys, since week 17 of 2016, where he was with the Panthers. So, I mean, just to put things in perspective, we're talking about a guy that, I mean, has essentially been automatic since he joined the Giants. So it was a very rare occurrence. But what I think you were hitting on, Howard, earlier is – Will McDonald made a really strong play that's not getting enough notice. I'm talking about the Jets' rookie defensive lineman where he pulled a similar maneuver to what Dallas did more towards the left side where he jumped and he nearly got a piece of the football. I don't did know he, whether he, or not – Did he touch the center? Did he touch anybody? You think he went – He, he cleared not, I did not see him touch anybody. He, just mm -hmm. like in Dallas, the Dallas situation, there was no contact. And as long as there's no contact, if you can time your jump correctly, that's a legal move. Yeah, so that that's crazy to me. Um, yeah. I think Gillen, uh, he had a subpar day as well, and, and I don't want to beat on him or anything, but dude, that you can see, you can see how their punter made such a big difference in the game. Oh Gillen. boy, I mean, he had three inside the five. Yeah, so, there might have been three inside the three for crying yeah. out. So, so sure. that 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 was you know. And and I don't know what's going on with the special teams, and I I, I really don't. I don't know how they're how they're coaching it or or whatever. When Gillen is punting the ball, there are guys running free at him constantly. Uh, they're doing the rugby style thing and everything else, and that maybe that's why they're free. But there are going to be teams that are looking at it and said, okay, we we'll just put a faster guy out there. If we put a faster guy out there, we're going to block his punt every time. And that's what that's that's going to be one thing to have to look at the field goal thing. The reason why I didn't trust the field goal is because they got a field goal blocked in the first game of the season with the, all the starters in, and now they got you know Mitch match guys in. They're trying to figure it out. It's not a complicated thing that they do, but you have to be really locked into each other and trust each other to, to get it done. And a guy jumping over you means that you don't have enough sense to put your hand up to hit him. If one guy reaches up and touches him, that's an illegal play. So again, I understand you know why why you go for the points. Um, and the first kick he missed, I think they they kind of dribbled the ball a little bit, or it was a low snap. He stuttered, then he kicked. That that's it's not an excuse, but that's they are so locked in the timing. If it doesn't happen right, 
then you know it goes crazy and i he comes and he literally um uh he goes over to his snapper and he has a few words with him like dude you got to get the ball back there on time it can't be a it can't be a little snap and okay. I've, never, I've never seen a kicker yell at, at a snapper before, but he, he had a few choice words for him on the sideline. So, you know, those those are things that are happening. And he, like I said, he's hurting. He's got a knee, got a little bit of a knee issue and everything. Without even with that being said, the snaps have to be perfect. The guy jumping over, you got the offensive line that's not together. That's scaring me. The the punt team. You know, there's so many guys running at the at the punter that it looks like he's going to get blocked every time. I'm like, that's scaring me. It's like somebody's going to start like the special team's got to be. You know, they got to find a way to play as that's that's the entire team. That's all the backups and everything. You got to find a way to make good plays. Yeah, that's your one you, chance to play. You got to find a way to make good plays. Sure. And when you try to stay in games and you're playing a lot of close affairs, the field positioning adds up. And I think we've seen that over the last few weeks. So we'll leave the conversation at that. Is this is the latest edition of the Giants hangout. A tough loss for Big Blue as they fall to the Jets in overtime, 13-10. to 10, Now 2-6 and six on the season, looking ahead to the Raiders on the road next Sunday. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzburg, Howard Cross with you. You can watch and listen to the latest edition of the Giants hangout on Giants.com, the mobile app, and your favorite podcast platform.